He hath put down the mighty, exalted them of low degree, filled the hungry. This was what Jesus was going to accomplish, and he was going to rule and reign. And you know what? That hasn't happened yet. But mark my words, not because they're my words, but because they're God's words, that will happen. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. This is In Grace, and you're listening today to our Christmas season messages. Today, we're going to be talking more about Mary. Now, some people have elevated Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus, a little too high. As a matter of fact, just a lot too high. They they uh, venerate her. They actually worship her and pray to her. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us to do that, but we should look at her as highly favored as the Bible does. She is a, a good woman, a, a woman that God picked out of thousands and millions of women. This woman, this young woman, Mary, was highly favored. So, we're going to ask this question. Can we be highly favored like Mary. And yesterday we gave you four things that I found in the Luke story, uh, Luke 1 and 2, about Mary. And now today we're going to continue on the theme of Mary's praise and her song, and then go into a bunch of other things, all the way to 12 different points about Mary and how ultimately she pointed to her son Jesus as the Savior. So we're going to talk about all of this today as we're approaching Christmas. It's coming soon. And I'm excited about all these things. Now, one thing I want to mention, every now and then, In Grace comes to you. We've had some wonderful events called Gather In Grace, where we've been to the Milwaukee area. We've been to Tampa, Florida. We've been in our home area, Chicago. We also went out to South Dakota, to Mitchell, South Dakota. We had a wonderful event out there. We've been out to San Francisco. Well, we're going to have another Gather in Grace event early February in Arizona. Many of you listen out there in the Phoenix area and the surrounding areas. In Grace is coming to you. We have free tickets for the event, Gather in Grace. It's on a Saturday, but they're limited. We're only going to have about room for about 100 people, and I know over half of those tickets are already taken. So if you're interested, let me encourage you to go to our website, ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. Click on Gather in Grace and get your free tickets for our Phoenix, Arizona event, and I can't wait to see you there. Look at her song again in Luke 1, 46, 49, and 50. Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, praising God, for he is mighty, and he hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Yeah, she was selected to be the mother of God, so that's amazing, but she still had to go through a lot of tough stuff in life. But I believe the hallmark of Mary, her life was a life of praise. She would have been a person that continually in her thoughts and her words praised God, even when it was difficult. We're going to go through some of those difficult things next. Mighty, great things, holy, mercy is on them that fear him. 
That word fear is not uh, to be scared of, but a holy reverence and awe. Do you awe God? Are you in awe of him and his power and his majesty and his might and his love and his grace? That was the way she was. If you want to be highly favored, you need to praise God with your life, with your mouth, with your thoughts. The next thing is she faced great scorn. Can you imagine? No one believed that she was a virgin and had a child. No one believed that. Everyone around her, everyone in the the village, everyone talked and gossiped and whispered. Mary had to go to the market and they probably were whispering, there's the, the pregnant lady that doesn't have a husband. Very looked down upon, very embarrassing. Even uh, Joseph, it says in uh, Matthew 118, was gonna put her away. He was going to do the gentlest thing he could do. The most harsh thing you could do is have her stoned. He's not gonna do that. But he's gonna privately put her away and not embarrass her about this. But then he had an angelic visit, and after that, he took undo him, her, as his wife. He accepted what God said, that she was pure, but still with child. He did marry her, but he still did not know her, okay? So can you imagine, though, having to live? And, and that, that didn't just end when she had Jesus, because they still, many people would have thought this was just a human relationship. This is an illegitimate child. This is the mother of an illegitimate child. All her life, probably until resurrection, ascension, maybe even past that, she had to face the ridicule and scorn. So just because you're highly favored doesn't mean that people won't be against you and talk against you. But here's what you need to do. In the midst of that, do what is right. Because at the end of the day, what are we doing today? We're esteeming Mary. None of us here think, I don't think, I certainly don't. I hope you don't think that she was a a person to scorn, but a person to elevate. Not worship, but esteem because of her, her faithfulness. The next thing is Mary faced great hardship. Can you imagine traveling from Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is Bethlehem? And that's in in Luke 2, 4. Now, we kind of read those words and we say, okay, that would have been a tough thing. And and by the way, it says in verse 5 that she was great with child, okay? You women know what that means. Okay, us guys, we have no clue what that means, okay? It just means that you're, you're, you're about to give birth, you're great with child. But that means a lot, right? Because there's discomfort and nausea and all these things. Now sit on a donkey for two days and bump around and be jostled around and dust is everywhere, and I mean, it had to be terrible. It was nearly 100 miles. The, the distance between the two towns is about maybe 60, 70 miles straight, but the way they had to go was about a 90 to 100-mile journey. Okay, let's just imagine you, you're living in Chicago, downtown Chicago, and uh, there's before any cars or trains or anything, okay, and you need to go to Milwaukee, and you get your wife who is nine months pregnant, she's probably any day about to deliver, and you say, honey, we're gonna go to Milwaukee, either on foot or on a donkey. That's the distance between Chicago and Milwaukee, that's about 90 miles, the same distance between Nazareth and Bethlehem. Now that means something to me, because I know for sure my wife, who is very supportive and uh, she, she listens to what I have to say, I think she's gonna balk at that. She's gonna be like, you know what, honey? You go to Milwaukee. I'm staying in Chicago. Actually, 
we had something like that. I mean, nothing like that, but we had to go from Minnesota, from our camp, to Chicago, and, and Karen was great with child, with Erica, our second, uh, and we had to leave camp early, which was like, stick a knife in me. You know, I loved camp, and I hated to ever leave it, but we had to leave early because of Karen being so soon to be delivered, but that was a 11, 12-hour car ride, and I'm sure it wasn't comfortable for her because I was driving. You, you men know what that's like, right? But uh, the Tannies, our doctor and uh, nurse couple in our church, were so kind as to follow us home. I was hoping we wouldn't need their services, but I was sure happy that they were there. Can you imagine if I had to swerve over on the side of the road and uh, they would have been rushing over and I said, oh, I can't believe this is happening. But no, get on a donkey and travel for a couple days, dusty and bumpy, and, and uh, just you know, pebble after pebble after pebbles passing. And she's just looking down, feeling sick and nauseous and tired and sweaty and hot and discomfort. And the, all of this is happening for, for hour after hour after hour. But I wonder if she thought back to the angel. I wonder if she thought back to the fact that this is God in the flesh. And that sustained her. But she had a hard life. They, they get to the place that they were going, and there was no room for the birth of her firstborn. And then she had to flee to Egypt. She had to be away from home for a long time because of Herod trying to kill her child. Mary faced great hardship. Sometimes when you're highly favored, you might have to face great hardship, and that doesn't mean that you're not highly favored. It just means you have to face great hardship, Okay. So don't ever be discouraged by hardship because ultimately God will get the glory and it'll be good. The next thing is Mary was quietly reflective. While this is a great quality for any of us to have, we need to be reflective a little more than we are. Look at Luke 2.18. They all that heard it wondered at those things. Uh, this was at the, when the shepherds came and saw Jesus. People wondered at the story that they had to tell. And Mary, verse 9, kept all these things. She was quiet. She was reflective. She pondered them in her heart. What are our thoughts? Are we quietly reflecting on how amazing God is? Mary did, and Mary was highly favored. The next thing is, Mary had great heartbreak. I don't think any of us could have felt that her heartbreak. I don't know if any of us have ever had a child that was suffering and we couldn't do anything about it. Maybe you have. Maybe you've faced something like that in your life. But to me, I can't imagine a worse situation than to be in a position where my child is greatly suffering and I can't do anything about it. I have to watch this. So they took Jesus after his birth and they brought him to the temple and they met a couple people. One was Simeon. And Simeon predicted, prophesied in Luke 2.34, the child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. Set for the fall. What is he talking about? And then Simeon says about Mary, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. See, Mary had a difficult life. Mary faced heartbreak. When was that? Well, Mary is the only person that we know of that witnessed the birth and death of Jesus. She was obviously there for the birth, right? I mean, we can surmise that. We're all pretty smart people. She was there for the birth, but she was also at the cross for the death. 
John 19, 26, Jesus, who's on the cross, he's literally suffering. He's dying for our sins. He's been beaten. He's been spat upon. This is the creator that created the person spitting on him, the person beating him, the person nailing him to the cross. He created them. He could easily zap them. You know what he does on the cross? He looks down and he sees his mother. His mother was at the cross. You know, the women were braver than the men at the crucifixion. The men were all running away. The women were there. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple standing, which was John. And Jesus did what he should do to make sure his mother was taken care of. God says, honor thy father and mother. Okay, there's a great promise. Obey them when you're young, honor them. And Jesus said, John, you take care of my mom. And from that day, it says, she was there with John and he helped and supported her through that. Get ready to celebrate the holiday season within grace. This year, we have fantastic gifts to thank you for your support. With any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards featuring original artwork on the front, inspiring Bible verses inside, and the gospel on the back. This will help you show Christ's love this holiday season. For gifts of $35 or more, it gets even better. You'll not only receive those beautiful Christmas cards, but also 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem, Israel. And for gifts of $100 or more, you'll also receive a stunning olive wood nativity scene from Bethlehem, a cherished piece that will grace your home for years to come. Are you ready for more excitement? A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. That's right, your donations will be doubled. So, make this holiday season truly magnificent within Grace. Call us now at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Or visit us at ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Become part of the InGrace family and celebrate the season of giving. Don't miss this special opportunity to take on the matching gift challenge and double your support. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. The heartbreak of Mary must have been so intense. Do you know what? He died for her. He died for me. Mary saw her son rise, Acts 1.14. This was after the resurrection and ascension after Jesus had appeared and ascended to heaven in Acts 1.14. They were in church on Sunday, worshiping the Lord, waiting for the Spirit of God, and they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, and the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with all his brethren. So there she was. That's the last time that we find her in Scripture. But she was there. She had seen her son rise from the dead and also arise from the earth into heaven. And she had predicted her son reigning. You know, in her song, in Luke 1, in Luke 1, 51, it talks about how he, meaning her son, God, would show strength with his arm and scatter the proud. We haven't seen that happen yet. We haven't seen Jesus ruling and reigning on the earth yet. But that's what her song was about, his second coming. 
okay? She predicted through this song the second coming. He hath put down the mighty, exalted them of low degree, filled the hungry. This was what Jesus was going to accomplish, and he was going to rule and reign. And you know what? That hasn't happened yet. But mark my words, not because they're my words, but because they're God's words, that will happen. And she will also witness that because she put her faith in the coming Messiah. She saw him come. She raised him as much as a mother could raise the Son of God. Remember the temple when uh, they had gone back to Jerusalem and they lost Jesus? How do you lose Jesus? I mean, we lose our kids, but how do you lose Jesus? Uh, He was back confounding at a young age, confounding the wisest of men. She needed a savior. Mary needed a savior. There's one religious leader, very famous religious leader. He said, God has committed to Mary the treasury of all good things in order that everyone may know that through her are obtained hope, every hope, every grace, and all salvation. So what this religious leader said, the head of a large Christian denomination, what he is saying is that you have to go through Mary because through her is salvation for everybody, okay? Now we've elevated Mary to worship her and not to worship Jesus. How do we know that Mary needed a savior? You've heard there's a cemetery called Queen of Heaven. You've heard of that, maybe that phrase, Queen of Heaven. How do we know that she was highly esteemed but not on par and equal with God, okay? Luke 147, in her song, she says this, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Why would someone that was sinless need a Savior? Okay, so there it is, right in the Bible. Mary needed a Savior. She was a good woman, but she needed to look upon him as her Savior as well. But every time we, we see Mary in the Bible, every episode we find her in, her song, her encounter with Jesus at the temple, her trying to intervene at the wedding of Canaan, we find her standing at the cross. All of these episodes where we see Mary, we see her pointing to Jesus. And if we want to be highly favored, that needs to be our life. That needs to be our testimony. That needs to be what we share with people is talk about him. Talk about what he has done. Talk about what he'll do. And then, therefore, I think we can also find high favor in the eyes of God. Shout for joy because of what Jesus has done for us. On the cross, he died. From the tomb, he arose in three days. He's alive today. He's coming back. Do you know him? Have you put your faith in him? Have you trusted him? It's not by works. It's not by religion. It's not by praying to Mary. It's not really not even about prayer. How can we be saved from hell? How can we go to heaven? By faith. For the grace, are you saved through, what's the next word? Faith. For the grace, you're saved through faith. And not of ourselves. It's right here. Not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Mary received the gift. The gift was eternal life. She put her faith in Jesus, just like we need to. And once you've done that, you've received the gift of God. It's not of works. It's not by what we do. It's not by promising God something. It's just about accepting Jesus, who died on my behalf, who died on the cross for my sins, believing in him. And the Bible says when we do, we will not perish, 
but have everlasting life. God loves the world. God gave his son for you through Mary, born of a woman. So she was biological mother. He was fully human because of Mary, but he had no earthly father. Therefore, the, the chain of passing down the sin nature was broken because his legal father was Joseph. Therefore, he had the right to the throne of David through Mary and Joseph, but had no biological father. Amazing miracle. Fully human through Mary, fully God. Always was, always will be. And he's alive today, and one day we can see him. Today we see him through faith. I hope you've exercised your simple childlike faith in him. One time that you trusted in him, it's your only way to heaven. At that moment, you pass from death to life, you have eternal life. You will not perish, which is hell, but have everlasting life, which is heaven. Do you know him? Have you put your faith in him? Have you trusted in him? God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, who was perfect, to die for you, and he was raised from the dead. And anyone who believes in him, you have everlasting life. We can't get rid of the sin ourselves. It's not by our religion, it's not by our baptism, it's not by our works, it's by trusting in him. He died, he paid for our sin, and when we believe in him, we have eternal life. Friends, that's good news. I hope you've received the good news, and I hope that you can say, Noel, and have a shout for joy because of all the things that God has done for you. Well, I hope that we've learned a little bit about Mary, and I hope that we all can work hard on being a humble servant of the Lord. That's really the essence of Mary. You know, she was favored, but she also, because of God using her, she was facing some hard things in life and some suspicions and some scorn. And But you know what? Ultimately, if you were to ask Mary if it was worth it, she would say, absolutely, because she brought into the world her Savior. She brought into the world our Savior. And she was used mightily of God, but she needed a savior just like the rest of us. And so may we be humble servants of God, just like Mary, and we can be highly favored. Now, if you don't know Christ as savior, if you've never put your faith in him, do it today. Say, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. But right now I believe that Jesus is the son of God. He died for my sins on a cross. He rose again the third day. I trust in him. And it's not like, a prayer that saves you or some magic words. It's literally your faith. You're believing in him. And if you want to tell the Lord you're trusting in Jesus, certainly that's there's nothing wrong with that. And once you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're saved. You're, you don't have to worry about being lost anymore. You're born again. And that's the greatest news. That's the story of Christmas. And I hope that's the most important thing that you'll hear in this Christmas season. We also are trying to make sure that we can bring the gospel to more people. And here at this Christmas season, my wife and I have always tried to make sure our largest gift is to the Lord uh, because this is basically his birthday that we're celebrating. And so if you would like to give in grace a gift, I'll just tell you this, we're going to be careful with your gift. We're going to be wise with it. We're not going to be wasteful. We're going to make sure more people hear the story of grace. And when you give a gift of any amount, we're going to thank you by sending you 10 beautiful original artwork Christmas cards. There's five different designs. We're going to send you two of each as our thank you for your gift to Ingrace. And your gift is going to be doubled right now as we have a matching gift challenge going on. 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Now, you can also get 10 
olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem when you give a gift of $35 or more. So we'll send you the cards and the ornaments. And if your gift is $100 or more, we'll send you the cards, the ornaments, and a beautiful olive wood nativity also from Bethlehem. And remember, those gifts are all going to be doubled in our matching gift challenge. Contact us right now, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Don't miss your chance to be a part of Ingrace's Matching Gift Challenge. A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. For any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards with original artwork as a thank you. For $35 or more, you'll also receive 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments. And for gifts of $100 or more, we have a stunning olive wood nativity scene just for you. Be a part of our Matching Gift Challenge. Double your generosity and pay it forward. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.